Investing guru Warren Buffett once said, price is what you pay. Value is what you get. So today we're going to talk about investing. As a disclaimer, we want to put out there that we are not experts. We did research for the podcast, but it's just kind of general knowledge, general tips and tricks. Um, If you have any specific questions, be sure to consult a certified investment advisor before, you know, investing in anything or taking any major changes. From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Well Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU, Federal Credit Union, and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games. Delivering financial topics to you in a fun and interesting way. I'm your host, Catherine. And I'm Devante. We are so glad you're here. We have a special guest with us today. Hey, Alexander, how you doing? I'm doing well, Devante. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Why don't you tell the people a little about yourself? So my name is Alexander Hill. I am a senior at OU pursuing a degree in finance, and my passion is investing. So it's fitting we have you on this episode. I'd like to think so, yes. Yeah. (laughs) So to get started, do you have like your own, and you said your passion is investing. Do you have your own like quick definition, just how you think of investing? Yeah. So I define investing essentially as putting money into something expecting a return in the future. So that can be, you know, investing in a stock, expecting it to grow in the future, or even something like a college degree when you're putting money into your tuition, expecting a career in the future that utilizes that degree. Nice. I like that. Me too. So Alexander, imagine that you know nothing about me and I just came up to you and asked you, why should I invest? What would your answer be? The reason I tend to give to people when they ask why you should be investing is I always say it's so that your money works when you're not. You know, a lot of people invest for the future so that when something happens or when, you know, they're not maybe generating as much income, there's always that passive growth of your money. So your money's always working. They say money never sleeps as though it's some sort of like ominous and evil thing, when in reality, it's a good thing. It means your money doesn't sleep. It's always working for you and growing, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I like that. Your money is working for you. Catching my Z's and catching these dollar signs. Yes. <laughs> they always talk about paying yourself first, and that's what I describe as paying yourself first. Mm-hmm. Putting that money in and giving it to yourself. So you mentioned earlier, kind of as you were talking about the definition of investing, you mentioned stocks. And I know that's kind of maybe the most common, or what most people think is the most common type of investment, is investing in the stock market. But there are lots of different kinds. So could you tell us a little bit about like what a stock is specifically, and like what other types of investments there are? Yeah, so to, just to begin, a stock is a, is a stake in a company. So a company will issue stock to raise funds for whatever purpose. Might, maybe it's buying something new, opening a new plant. Whatever they're opening it for, they'll issue stock. And what that does is that gives you ownership in the company. So you are a part owner of that company and you get to vote on different things and help make decisions on how the company moves forward. One thing that I've picked up just from watching TV and movies is that not all companies are available on the stock market. So some companies are publicly traded and those ones are the companies that you can buy stock in. What are some things that might impact the price of those stocks? The way that I learned it was an interesting way to put it and it was that the value of a stock is not actually what the company is worth at that moment in time. It is the value that people think the company is going to be worth in the future. What about 
a bond. What's a bond? So unlike a stock, a bond does not give you ownership in a company. A bond is really just a loan that a company will take the loan and they'll pay you what is called a coupon payment. And that is your interest payment. And then at the end of the, the life of the bond, AKA maturity, they will pay you back the full value of the bond. So a, a bunch of different organizations can issue bonds and they even have credit ratings almost like your credit score. So for instance, uh, a US government bond has like a really high credit rating because they don't default. But a bond on a company that just opened up might have a much lower credit rating because they're more likely to default and so it will pay more as well. So if I were to buy a bond in like a new fresh company just started and then this company fails five years down the road, there's the potential that I could just lose my initial investment and then I obviously don't get the interest payment as well. Right. Yes, there definitely is a default risk to every bond, and that's what that credit rating is. So it'll be like a triple A is like no default risk, whereas like a triple C or something like that might be a very high default risk. And so if that defaults, there's a very high chance you could lose all your money. But you do at least, unlike stock, you do have a claim to that because you are technically a, a creditor. So they owe you money. So when they go bankrupt, they have to pay you before they pay any stockholders. So in thinking about coupon payments and talking about, you know, how you can make money from stocks and bonds, what are some ways that, or what are some common ways that people really think of it? So the main way that everybody thinks of is the buy low, sell high, which is called capital gains. And that is when you buy a stock and, or a bond or whatever it is, whatever investment that you're buying, you buy it at a value lower than what you sold it for. And that money, that difference, those are your capital gains. And so that's the really common one that everyone sort of thinks about. But um, another one that people know about but might not understand quite as much is dividends. And dividends are sort of like an interest payment. It's a company that is doing particularly well. They'll choose to issue dividends. And what it is is it's a thank you to shareholders. So they'll they'll kick back you know, a little bit per share, you know, maybe like a dollar or a couple cents. It's not typically a large amount but they'll kick back a little bit to every shareholder just as saying like, thank you for investing in our company. Here's a share of that money that you helped make. And the big thing that I always stress between those two is capital gains are sort of a, a one-time deal. So you, you'll, you know, maybe every year you'll make a couple capital gains as you sell your investments and as you move things around. Dividends are more consistent. If a company stops paying dividends, it's a large red flag and should be investigated immediately. Uh, so you're almost always going to have dividends as long as you're invested in stocks that pay them. So it's sort of that passive income. So the capital gains might be larger, but the dividends are very consistent. So investment in the ones that pay them. So you're telling me that everybody doesn't pay dividends? Unfortunately not, not everyone pays dividends. Uh, it's a lot of times it's large, very established companies, um, whereas small companies that are really you know, just starting up that don't have profit, that don't generate profit right now, they're not gonna be able to pay dividends. So as somebody who is not super experienced in the stock market and investments and everything, I would, I would ideally like to have a company that would pay dividends, that sounds awesome, like that passive income, but it's gonna be, it's gonna cost me more upfront, right? But it's also probably, you said, like a more established company, so chances are like it'll be around for the long haul. 
Yeah, and it's it's sort of a different mentality when you're thinking about capital gains and dividends. Because a dividend stock typically is, because it is a large and established company, it's not often gonna fluctuate in value too much. So you're not gonna see those huge capital gains like what happened with Tesla, where they shot up, you know, hundreds of dollars in, in the period of days. You're probably not gonna see that. So you are looking at it more for the value of the dividend rather than, oh, this stock is going to increase in value. But at the same time, dividend stocks are, are still worth a good amount because people value that dividend and they care a lot about that dividend. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. And then the opportunity for capital gains is there are lots of opportunities for capital gains, but maybe would be like if you get in with a small company when, like when they first become public and then they become one of the big apples of the world or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and the other thing, too, is just over the long term, those things can definitely change. Oh, so you convinced me. You convinced me. You told me what investing is. You have told me the things that I can invest in. Um, and I'm ready. I am ready to do this. What are some things that I may need to think about? How do I know what stock I want to buy? Right. Yeah. So the first thing that I always stress to people to think about when they begin investing is what your risk tolerance is. This should be established because it sets up your entire plan from beyond that. Because risk tolerance is essentially how much risk you can stand. For instance, um, you know, I've, I've met people who can take a lot of risk. I've met people who can bet $10,000 and lose it all. And, you know, they might be a little upset, but they're not gonna, they're not gonna be that, you know, broken up about it but I've also you know I know for myself I could lose a dollar and be you know fretting about that dollar so I know I have a lower risk tolerance and so you really want to establish that first and then the other things I look for are what's your timeline and then what sort of goal are you gonna try to achieve one thing that I feel like I've heard in my life is never invest more than you're willing to lose because Unfortunately, that is a possibility when it comes to investing is that a company could fail or, you know, something could happen and you could potentially lose it all. So it, nothing's guaranteed in the stock market, right? Yes, nothing nothing at all is guaranteed. That's why they, they, they don't pay you for nothing. They pay you for bearing risk. Interesting. So we talked a lot about stocks, a little bit about bonds and mutual funds. Can you guys think of any other types of investments that are out there? Yeah, there's, there's quite a number. Um, for instance, my area of focus, that, or at least that I want to specialize in, is foreign currencies. So currencies are, are a huge market. There's a huge market for currencies. Real estate's another very common one. Um, there's even insurance. Like, insurance contracts are a really common one. Even life insurance is seen as, like, an investment security. Annuities, all that. There's, there's a whole lot of investments, and the thing about it is you can kind of pick whatever one you like. You can kind of pick whichever ones you think work for you. The main, the main thing I always stress is no matter what you pick, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversification is one of the most important financial concepts or investing concepts in general. It is, it is so important that you hedge yourself because if you put all your eggs in one basket, you know, when that basket takes a tumble, those eggs are gonna break. Mm -hmm. And so you want to have it in multiple baskets because, you know, if you're invested in real estate and the real estate market's doing great while well, the auto market's 
you know, not doing so good, then your investment in that auto market is offset by your investment in the real estate market. Eggs in the basket, we're at the market. Okay, okay, I see where we're at. Um, the one other kind of like investment that I could think of, and you mentioned a little bit earlier real estate, um, but that's another type of investment. People you know, buy a house for cheap, flip it and sell it for a higher price. So you see that a lot on HGTV. Another type of real estate investment would be like owning a rental property. We kind of talked a little bit about like dividends and capital gains, flipping a house and selling it for more is kind of the idea of capital gains, but having a rental property and having that income regularly is kind of like the dividends. But one thing with having a rental property is that there are of course additional responsibilities and things that you're liable for when you have somebody living in your home. So there are added costs for that. And and another good uh, real estate um, sort of market to get into is uh, commercial real estate. And that's when a lot of investors will get together. And that's the thing is like, you don't have to own any property to be invested in real estate. You don't have to buy a house to be invested in real estate. Many of these commercial real estate investors will pool their money together with a bunch of other investors. And none of them own that property singly. They, they trust a manager and the manager will, you know, build up the property and then rent it out to someone and you collect the rental income as you would if you were owning the rental, but you don't and someone else manages it to, for you. So there's a lot of different ways that you can be invested in real estate and that don't involve buying a house and owning property and having to maintain property. You can always have someone do it for you, but there's always that cost of convenience. Anytime you have any sort of managed investment, it comes with a fee. Okay, well, I think this was a really great conversation. So um, let's go ahead and wrap up and think of some points that we really took out of the conversation. So I would, I would say that my last bit of advice uh, is on the topic of speaking to an investment advisor. Many of these people will offer free appointments. They will offer a free consultation take that opportunity. If that opportunity is presented to you, I highly recommend you take it. Why not? Why, you know, there's no real good reason to pass up free knowledge. So one of my big takeaways was to invest in companies that you really believe in. So if being green is really important to you, look at those companies, help that kind of guide you with your investments. Yeah, I think that's definitely like a good one, especially when you're talking about not necessarily being extremely educated on the financial statements and things like that that comes with investing looking at the different ratios and it may all look like gibberish to you but if you find a company that your values align with and maybe they seem to be doing well then you could try it I would I would definitely agree with that I I think you know I don't want to say completely trust your gut right but I think most of us can smell when something's fishy. So you always, whatever investment that you're invested in, you're talking about putting money on the line. So be confident, believe in it, you know, really get behind that company. And if you don't feel like you're confident in an investment, then maybe that's just not the one for you. And then my big takeaway has been buy low, sell high. So pretty much in all the investments we really talked about, um, capital gains is a conversation that we that we have and you can't get capital gains if you buy high and sell low so if Mm -hmm. you do the inverse of that so to pay attention to how things are moving and to 
buy it when the buying is good. I always remember the Warren Buffett quote that um, reminds me of that exact principle. And he always said, be confident when everyone else is afraid. Be afraid when everyone else is confident. So very wise man. <laughs> very wise man. We're starting the episode with him and ending the episode with him. And now it's time for the CU Spotlight. At MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union, we are always looking for ways to educate individuals on the importance of smart money management. WalletWatch is one of the great ways that we are able to do that. But if you're itching to learn more, we have additional resources that you are able to utilize for free. Financial 4.0 is a free app and website that offers users access to their own personalized budget tracker, financial quizzes, published articles, weekly tips, and more. It's a fun and interactive way to learn about money and taking control of your finances. If you are interested in learning more, visit financial40.org or find us in your app store by searching Financial 4.0 for MSU or Financial 4.0 for OU. Wilder Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Katherine Hurth and me, Devontae Montgomery. Our executive producers are Whitney Anderson Harrell and Lauren Kalarzik. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this show at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.